2: Oh, Curdy B, I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Here it is, Harvard professor who researches Nerd.
1: honesty accused of falsifying data.
2: Oh, you're kidding. It's beautiful. I love to hear it. Well, we'll get to the truth. We'll get down to the real truth of the matter on this very, very truthful bananas. <laughs>
1: Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt i Hi,
2: Banana Boy. Number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you to our new bananas, our old bananas, all bananas, for listening to the Silliest Little Podcast there ever was. Curtie B., how you feeling, buddy boy? I'm feeling great, because uh, I just want to remind
1: everybody out there, we got our charity 1K Downhill Non-ra- mm. Non-Race non Splitty mm-hmm. in the City, July 29th in Los Angeles. So come. All money goes to the LA Food Bank and w- ends with a live podcast at the Legion Theater. And True. And of course, if you're in Raleigh or Atlanta, come see us in late September.
2: We'll be there. We'll be there. We're going to have great shows. I can't wait. First shows in the South. Ugh, it's going to be a wonderful experience. It's
1: been too long, honestly. It's, it's been I too know.
2: long. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll go down there again. We'll just have to see. We will. Um, I want to get into it. Here it
1: is. Our guest today is a comedian and mm. actor. Her podcast, mm. Ghosted, is about to become Exactly Right's newest podcast. When Scotty and I will be on it very soon. So please I hope so. welcome the wonderful Roz Hernandez.
2: Yes. Hi.
0: How are hey, you guys?
2: Welcome.
0: <laughs> We're so good. How are you? Oh my god, I'm so good. This is the kind of new... I always tell people like don't come to me for anything important in the news like no. when there's a you know some lady married a ghost of a, an old pirate like that's <laughs> yeah, when I'm like I know that like come to me <laughs> for that so I'm, I love this. Thank you guys for having me I think we did
1: one of our early shows we did do the the, the woman who married a ghost. There's multiple women who marry ghosts there's like we've gotten a mm. lot of those stories across the years have you have you covered any of those on ghosted?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) love, love is love. You know, I want to celebrate all kinds of of relationships. Corporal, non-corporeal. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, you do you. You know, it's Pride. You know, we we just got out of Pride Month. And and I Mm. say celebrate whatever you're into. You know, if you if you're into people that have been dead for 300 years. But if, if, as long as it's the spirit, I don't know if, you, yes. know, you right. know, the corpse, I don't know about that, but, you know, the <laughs> spirit, the essence of somebody from the, from the past, it sounds great. Yeah, sounds great. it's what, true. Where do they have to be, you know? Bad. Yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, they do they, always they, end bad, which I think is they so They always funny. get cheated
2: on or they always get divorced because something didn't work out. And I think that they just go, <laughs> I haven't been in the news in four months, so I better have something going on with my ghost marriage exactly. but it's always a pirate and it's like and it's such a <laughs> whirlwind affair and the best lover they've ever had and all these things and then it's like he cheated on me and I'm out the door and
0: and the British
2: newspapers
0: will not stop picking it up they're always from England oh they love it but uh, you know and I don't want to like blame these people that marry these ghosts but of course shouldn't not. they shouldn't they have seen right through them oh, thank there it is.
1: you <laughs> that's right. Also, you would Somebody think the fact it. that they get divorced is the cra- is like I I think that's ten times crazier than marrying a
0: ghost. Um, that's see I I think all the time about being a lawyer and that's the specific kind of attorney I would like to be <laughs> the ghost yeah. divorce attorney. Yeah, yeah. You get right at it. Yeah, you get a Ouija board. You take it into the courtroom. I love it. <laughs> just you pushing it over to no and yes all the time? Yes. Your honor. <laughs> exactly. Does yes. It, the board doesn't lie.
2: <laughs> you just slowly spell divorce and you wish it wasn't so many letters. You're like, it's going to get there. It's going to get there. Well, I that's so I don't fun. think I've ever actually
1: done a Ouija board. I think we have pretty one. pretty creepy. We recently got it in like a... Um, a gift competition. Um, really?
0: Yeah. What yeah is the, Derek what's Brown's. a gift competition? What do you mean? Great question. My
1: buddy Derek Brown runs this awesome thing called a dice party, which is like a- it's Andrew Dice Clay
0: themed party. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's dice. They go around the circle and there, anytime you get, there's like three separate rounds. Everybody brings their own gift. And then puts it in the center. And then there's three separate rounds. And if you roll doubles, you get to steal anybody else's gift. So you can, you end up essentially like, some people end up with like eight gifts and some people end up with nothing. And uh, Lauren had a good night one night and ended up with like eight gifts. And one of them was a bunch of weed and a Ouija board. Um, Oh, that's a uh, fun
0: night. It's a fun
1: Good night, but so we still haven't opened the Ouija board yet, so some soon. You know, soon.
0: they have a bad reputation. I I think it's just bad press. They need a new publicist, and I've honestly been trying mm-hmm. to be the publicist for Ouija boards. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's just... to be lawyer? You're trying to be a publicist? <laughs> exactly. I'm speaking up for the dead. And I just think that they need a rebranding. Because uh, a... here's what my theory has always been, that people... Like, what could go wrong? You put it next to Candyland and Monopoly, and, like, this is the one toy (laughs) at Toys R Us where you can actually talk to possibly demons. So, (laughs) yeah, it goes wrong. I think that people just start playing with it and don't know what they're doing, and... I don't know. I hear a lot of stories that kind of convince me that some weird stuff has happened. But also, I think a lot of it is just like fun and like people moving it, whatever. But um, who knows? It's like you're kind of opening. It's like you're going into a chat room and whoever. It's just like the internet. You could meet the best person you've ever met. You could meet some weird person. So... You know, people aren't safe with it. And a lot of people had scary experiences as a kid. And then, like, The Exorcist. and It just has bad press. So, yeah. I really want to help the the Ouija board community um, yeah. and say, give it another shot, you know? Just, yeah. yeah it's I think
2: sh- there's time for an update, too. Like, I think that there should be a new thing. Ouija feels very analog. It feels very old. It feels like we do need – somebody just needs to invent not only a new – way of communicating with the other side that we all learn to love, but also a movie franchise or something along those lines that you go Ouija just feels tired. To a rom com you know, a rom com. Yeah. <gasps> with yeah. A, again with a dead with a, a ghost.
0: It's like That's you've romantic got mail. communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You got hail. You It'll got be nice. hail. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Kurt, bring that Ouija board, crack it open, we'll go to a bar and sit outside, and we'll do it in a public space so it doesn't open, you know, a uh, rift to the other side in your own home where your children eat clay Thank you. and I would pr- snacks. I, w- I would
1: like that. Do you guys want to hear about this Harvard professor?
2: Sure. Please. Here it
1: is. Uh, This was sent in by Valerie Villasana Pauling. Thank you, Valerie. Cool name. Instagram, if you want to send us uh, news, go to follow our Instagram at at thebananaspodcast. I've heard of that. And this is on the Washington Times. That's sort of real. It's Yeah, it's not the Washington Post, and it's not the New York Times. It's the Washington Washington Times. Yeah, that's right. It's a couple of words put together. Sounds official. Here we go. Harvard professor who researches honesty, accused of falsifying data. I love this so much. This is written by Matt Delaney. Matt Delaney, best in the biz.
2: Really good at writing.
1: An award-winning Harvard Mm. professor who studies honesty, Has been placed on leave after being accused of using fraudulent data in her research. Francesca Gino. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, it's so crazy. To become a professor at Harvard is so difficult. Then to a, a win awards? I, and then also to... I mean, I just, honestly, she's studying honesty because she loves to lie. Uh, but That's right. Francesca Gino, a behavioral science professor at the Harvard Business School, was accused mm. of fabricating data on four... Different research papers that span more than a decade, according to a report in the Chronicle of Higher Education. The allegations arose after a 2012 paper Miss Gino co-authored for the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, one of America's most prestigious, prestigious academic journals, huh. was retracted by the Journal for falsifying results. That's fascinating that it took them 11 years to figure it out
2: or you um, admit
1: it. The faulty paper, according to a report in Britain's Guardian newspaper, found that people who signed quote, truthfulness declarations at the top of tax and insurance forms were more honest than those who signed them at the bottom. Harvard hmm. provided a 14-page memo to call right. Max Baserman, who is also a professor at Harvard Business School, that laid out evidence of fraudulent data in the study's database. Mr. Baserman invo- denied involvement in any academic fraud or database tampering. Right. Three professors at other universities accused Miss Geno's of su- history of fib- fibbing about her research on their own blog. Unbelievable! Yuri Simonson wow, from the University Ramon Lull in Barcelona. Leaf D, uh, just blah r- blah 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 blah. Leaf D, sure. Leaf classic D, classic Leaf D shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. In the, f- in the fall of 2021, we shared our concerns with Harvard Business School. The academics wrote on their blog: "Data collada Is that supposed to be a pina colada reference? Data colada?
0: If you like data colada.
1: You like lying in research term papers? (laughs) (laughs) It's got a ring to it. It does have a good ring to it. Um, Specifically, we wrote a report about four studies for which we had accumulated the strongest evidence of fraud. We believe that many more geno authored papers contain fake data. Why? Like that's okay. So
0: you can become a lesson. Like you can become part of the lesson. Uh, You know. Mm. Yes. They'll they'll learn about you in in class.
2: Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. You made the textbooks. Instead of holding up the textbook, you become part of the textbook. Exactly.
1: Here's the thing. Like you
2: do it once. Right, like I almost Classic. I can I almost can understand
1: once because yeah. you get a job at Harvard, you, there's pressure, there's pressure to publish. You're nervous. You're like I'm gonna lose my prestigious job. i I you have you have imposter syndrome, and you're like Ah, if I just fudge this a little bit, this seems interesting, right. and then I can go. But then to mm-hmm. continually do it, like to never actually have a good enough idea or hypothesis or paper. I mean, I don't
2: know what Harvard Business School does. I have no idea. Me neither. Idea. Who but, cares? <laughs>
1: wow.
2: but isn't this just like the people that are like no gay marriage and then always 100% of the time get caught having a gay relationship right after? Nice. It feels like she knew deep down she was a liar <gasps> and hated that she had lied her way into all these things. So she just kept doing it and exposed herself. And at some point, there's a comeuppance. She got comeuppance on.
0: Come up yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, because that she's is a liar, usually, but also, like, aren't it? Doesn't everybody lie just like a little bit of sometimes, of course, all the time? I'm of sure course. she talks about fake it till you make it, you know. Maybe that's sort of what she was doing a little bit. <laughs> she was
1: continually
0: faking, she would just it. kept faking, she faked yeah, it she never made it, yeah. She
2: never
1: made it. I just recently had to. Uh, with uh, My daughter is six and my son is f- three, but he's mm-hmm. o- close to four. And we went to mm-hmm. uh, Mexico last week and we were staying at a hotel that had what's called a kids club where like the kids can go and like hang out for like an hour and you can go like, Was it have fun? a drink Did by Did the, the kids pool? like it? they loved it but it okay. was the kids club was only for four years old and up so we told uh, gus like when you're in mexico you're gonna be four and olive was like so <laughs> we're gonna lie and we're like well y- you know if he's not four he can't really go to kids club she's like so we're lying so then she went to school the next day and was like we're going to mexico and we're lying <laughs> we're lying to everybody <laughs> oh, and my i was God. like okay okay we gotta stop this um so then we lied to her, and we Good. told her. <laughs> Who cares? We, Good. We told her no. There's a time difference in Mexico, and it's just four months ahead there. And so oh, he will. Be
0: Genius.
2: <laughs> oh, Kurt, you. Uh, do I have a follow-up story really? for you? I'm just going to segue right into this because you teed it up so well. This was from Brass Julia. Thank you, Brass Julia, for sending this in. South Koreans become younger under a new age-counting law. What? All South Koreans have become a year or two younger. <gasps> what? Thanks to a new law that aligns the nation's two traditional age-counting methods with international standards.
0: Why cool. This is
2: great. What were they counting before? Were you I don't zero? Know. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, it. yeah. Get so, into is a new it.
0: baby like negative two now?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, this was in BBC.com, written by the great, some say, the best who's ever done it, Yunaku. She or he or they are really good at this. Um, the law scraps one traditional system that was deemed South Koreans are one year old at birth because mm. they count the time in the womb. Another system they used counted everyone as aging a year every first day of January instead of their birthday. So every New Year's Day, they aged a year. Oh, wow. Everybody had a birthday on the same day in South Korea. Correct. Which oh, okay. is fun. I mean that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, it's my
1: day. No,
0: it's my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fist fight fist fight
2: fist fight fist fight fist fight fist fight fist fight.
0: The Could switch you to imagine age poor like TGI Friday's there <laughs> like all the desserts they'd have to give out that day? All the clapping those poor servers would have to do?
2: Oh uh, yeah. And is, clapping
0: for themselves
2: too. Does anybody yes. remember the
1: TGI Friday's birthday song? Uh, mm. uh, no. Okay, great. Me neither. Let's go. Oh,
2: good. So the switch to age counting based on your actual birthday took effect last Wednesday. This is an up-to-date story, too. This is a June 2023 story. President Yoon Suk-yul pu- uh, pushed strongly for the change when he ran for office last year. The traditional age-counting method created, quote, unnecessary social and economic costs. Wow. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Are you 14? Are you 16? Or are you 15? Um, and in Olive's case, 24 years old. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad... <laughs> Going back to that story, I am glad that they loved the kids club or whatever so that you two got some Wait, uh, margarita by the pool time. Oh, my
1: God. It was amazing how much they loved it. <laughs> what did they do with the kids? The every hour was like a different ev- like thing. So it would be like uh, 10 a.m., make a turtle, and they would make a turtle out of like an old plastic bottle. And then like 11 a.m., it's, uh,
0: <laughs> it's, it's um,
1: the floor is lava. And then they would play the floor is lava at 11 a.m. You know, like uh, that sort of thing. Oh, so. ki-
0: See, I was thinking, cause I remember I stayed at a resort one time. Um, I, I had a friend that his parents had a lot of money, and he invited mm-hmm. me to go with him at, growing the up best. to some resort. It was great. And they the had, this resort had like a k- kids' club, but it was like a club. It was like four <laughs> kids, and there was like a DJ and Whoa. stuff. I mean, maybe not children. Children. I mean, we were probably like yeah, preteens. Like tweens. Yeah, yeah,
2: still yeah. pretty young.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking maybe that was what they were doing, like a for toddlers or, or for you know four year olds, a club with little you know, <laughs> bottle service, but it's milk or something I re- in the bottles.
1: I remember in <laughs> Bayhead, New Jersey, there was a place oh called the Surf Club, and the Surf Club on Wednesdays in the summer would have a uh, An all ages, like I think it was teen. It was like a teen dance night, fourteen to eighteen, and it was. <laughs> you felt like everybody would get in there and drink some Jolt Cola and mm-hmm. fucking just dance to Mighty Mighty Boss tones. <laughs> mm, wow. And smoke cigarettes outside on the beach. It was like it was like fifteen year old heaven. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, ours were always in church basements, which makes it that much weirder. <laughs> and you're just, your young, prepubescent horniness, just right underneath where two days later you're like, I'm so sorry for freaking everybody that was there. Very fun, though. Also, very fun. Uh, so, here's how some of those uh, age counting methods created unnecessary costs. For instance, disputes have arisen over insurance payouts and determining eligibility for government assistance programs. Mm -hmm. Wow, right. Which makes sense. Previously, the most widely used calculation method in Korea was the centuries-old Korean-age system in which a person turns one at birth and gains one year on January 1st. So if you're born December 31st, you're two the next day.
0: Whoa, okay.
2: That doesn't feel fair. It's like, yeah, you're five and you're not reading. You're like, I'm three. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me. Uh, <laughs> a Separate counting age system that was also traditionally used in the country considers a person zero at birth but adds a year on January Wait, 1st. Wait, time,
1: time out. South South Korea is just not that big. How are they have multiple <laughs> ways of counting people's Very age? Old. It's like it's like the size of New Jersey or something, right? So it's like it's like if North Jersey was like everybody's 0 and then Central Jersey's like everybody's 1. And like yeah. what is happening?
2: That's crazy that it was so varied. I agree and also you yes, you just feel like I don't know, maybe it's an old traditional thing versus South Korea to me, I've never been, but when I do think of them, I think of them as very innovative. I think of like lots of new tech and I'm like, this is a future-leaning country and city and yet I have no idea. That's just my impression of them and apparently up until about last Wednesday, (laughs) they were weird about age. Um, So what that the last one means, which is counting age system, is uh, for example, as of June 28th, 2023, so really tomorrow. Um, a person born on June uh, 29th, 2003. Okay. So somebody born in 2003 okay. is 19 under the international system, 20 under the counting age system, and 21 under the Korean age system. Wow. Okay. Pretty interesting, but also to, yeah, you could be whatever age you want. I mean, in L.A., this would crush, by the way. Uh, people that are, but animals listening in L.A. are like, let's do it, because I could be 38 again in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> but what
0: happens just, when you go, like, to America?
2: How old are you? Well, now it'll be on birth date. Starting Oh now. Okay. So, okay. So they're okay. using the international system now. Right. Uh, three in four South Koreans were in favor of this standardization uh, according to a poll by Hand Cook Research. God they're good.
0: Oh hand cook's the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't need a meal
2: without consulting with them first. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a subconscious layer of ageism in people's behavior this is evident even though a complex language system based on age I hope the abolition of Korean age system and the adaptation of the international standard gets rid of old relics of the past now that sounds kind of fucked up actually yeah um But Japan also had something similar, and they dropped it and adopted the international standard in 1950. While North Korea actually dropped it in the 1980s. What? Um, So that's it. So yeah, uh, now South Korea—it's the year you're born. You're zero years old, and then your birthday is on that birthday, not January 1st. So great job, South Korea. Welcome to the team. Yeah.
1: Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to time.
2: (laughs) Glad
0: to. (laughs) Welcome to time. (laughs)
2: Maybe that's Pretty the cool. title, Welcome to Time. <laughs> sure. I love that though. But also that's it must have been so confusing. And then the photo on BBC was a woman holding like a whiteboard that said she was 33 but now she's 31. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty so Roz, good. are
1: you a big are you a big birthday person or no? Not at all. Like astrology?
0: Neither. I Me don't either. I just like I don't know, birthdays aren't that important to me, it's which weird. I forget that they are for other people. So right. sometimes I am I have this mindset, like it doesn't matter for me, so it doesn't matter for them. But yes. some adults I know seem to <laughs> really think their birthday is a big fucking deal. <laughs> uh, yep. And I can't yes. tell you how many times I've not gone to a birthday party and heard about it. Like, you missed my big day. I was turning 26. Like,
2: what does that mean? <laughs> the stage there yeah, is. like
0: what? Yeah. No, <laughs> so I'm not really that into it. And then, like, astrology, like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's fun to hear about, but I don't, yeah, I don't really know much about it. I like that you chose 26 too, because 26, I do, I, rem-
1: I remember 26 being the first birthday that no thing, there was no thing to look forward to anymore. Like at no. 25, you could rent a car without like a, uh, like a, a someone, like something. a cheaper right. car. And that was the last thing. And then 26 mm-hmm. was just like, well, now you're just getting older. Now you're an <laughs> adult. Yeah. Yeah. There is no thing you bestowed upon you as a 26 year old. Yeah. I used
2: to be very against birthdays for adults. I just thought it was lame and there was like, look at me behavior. But then the world is so shitty that now if somebody really wants to celebrate their birthday, I will very much get into their birthday. But I don't like when people are like, it's my birthday week. And if you tell me it's your birthday <laughs> month, I'm deleting you from my phone. Oh, I'm you dying. from my life. Yes. Yes. A month.
0: month as an adult? <laughs> Come on. I know. And you know, I used to like host really touristy drag shows and I've worked in LA and a lot of touristy kind of places where mm-hmm. it's like, D- but it's but it's her birthday today. And it's like, bitch, <laughs> it's everyone's birthday here. <laughs> like every day is everyone's birthday. <laughs> and I think that kind of ruined it for me. It kind of took away uh-huh. the yes. excitement to me. Um, yeah,
1: the yes. comedy club version of that is bachelorette parties. Exactly. Um, where I'm just like, sure. I don't care. I do not care. You do Ye- not have any special. Yep. Special uh things. Okay, I'll, I'll send us into a little break here. Jesus, Kids. buddy boy. yes this is just for you, Scotty.
2: Oh, good. How New record set. Yeah, Roz. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere without Roz. We are lock arm and walking into the future. New record set
1: for fastest trip through entirety of New York City subway.
2: Oh, that's fun. I would be curious about this. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll check that out with we'll come back on bananas. Mm-hmm.
1: We are back, folks. Scotty, you got any shout-outs?
2: Yeah, I have three quick shout-outs, and they're all excellent. Uh, Natalie Sinclair wants to shout herself out. She, they, graduated from high school and is heading to Lewis and Clark College in Portland to study music and probably environmental science. Congratulations. What Gen Z person doesn't care about environmental science? Please save us all, but congratulations, Natalie. College is fun. Have fun. Enjoy it's it. It's not like the movies. Just make good friends and do everything. Um, 88 koalas Which is a great name For an Instagram Wants to shout out Her husband Jason Jason owns a skate shop In Norfolk Virginia Called Cardinal Skate Shop So mm-hmm. Bananimals who Live in the Norfolk Virginia area Go get a t-shirt Go buy a skateboard deck Or some trucks From Jason At Cardinal Skate Shop Laurel says Jason Is her favorite Bananimal And they both Love the podcast Hell yeah Thanks So you thank you so much And this one is like Home run Potentially banana of the week material. Lindsay Fredrickson wants to shout herself out. Her mom passed away six years ago, and Len- Lindsay used the life insurance to start a nonprofit called Camp nice. that provides tuition free after school orchestra programming for kids on the west side of Chicago. Wow. Now, five years later. Lindsay is officially going to be able to work full time as the executive director and quit all her other side hustles and <sighs> gigs. This is her full time job now. Camp providing free uh, after school orchestra programming to kids on the west side of Chicago. I mean, that's banana week, that right?
1: That is banana of the week. Hell yeah, that's Lindsay awesome. Lindsay Fredrickson,
2: we're proud of you. Way to put others out there and love everybody. So that's what I got, Kurti B. And wow. rate and review us on uh, Apple if you've never done it. Five stars. Come on. Come on right there at 7,000 reviews. We're like 20 away. So give us a review and we will appreciate you. Thank you so much. And of course, we are here with the
1: absolutely fantastic Ross Hernandez, uh, host of Ghosted. Ghosted. Mm.
0: We love uh, that. Roz. that is
1: coming out very soon on Exactly Right. There's already some eps out there, but you're gonna hear it on Exactly Right, baby. New edition. Yeah, they're gonna be a little hotter.
0: Raz, have you seen ghosts? Ah, uh, yes. I mean, cool. Here's the deal. I'm pretty skeptical of all of this stuff. So even my own experiences, I'm kind of like, mm, are you just crazy? Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen. I, I think I've seen ghosts. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm real, I'm real yeah. into it. I'm, I'm real into talking about it. And I'm certainly uh, interested in hearing everybody else's stories. Yeah, it's interesting. It's
2: like an interesting thing where they, sometimes people try to discredit it by saying, hey, in houses where people report paranormal activity, they, they've later gone in and proven that the carbon monoxide levels were high. And like maybe these are apparitions. But then I have people in my life, including some good friends of Kurt and mine, who are like, yeah. I saw one. And they say it so matter-of-factly and they were skeptical and they're like, I did see one. And then you just have to believe them because if you don't, then you don't trust
0: your friend and these are people that we love and trust. Oh, yeah. I think I think sometimes when you... I mean, it's sort of like any of the stuff, like you consider the source or whatever. And sometimes when you hear right. it coming from people that you trust and you know they're not lying, that's, that's like the most convincing stuff. Mm-hmm. And the best yeah. is when somebody else is there experiencing it with you. And yes. I've had a couple of experiences where I'm like, I don't have any explanation for what that was. I kind of feel like I have to call it that was a ghost. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love just even just talking about it. And to me, like, if things, if you do find out that there's some kind of logical explanation. Sure. I don't know why both couldn't be true. I even entertain, right. like, mm-hmm. if somebody's on mushrooms and they think they see something, yes. like, I don't see why that wouldn't also be true, that the veil is more thin to the other side when you put your walls down, you know? I I don't know. Yeah. Why Absolutely. not? Or people have sleep paralysis. I'm like, yeah, it could be a scientific thing, but it, it could also be when the demons come in to say hello. I don't know. <laughs> and that it's could be your future husband, that demon. Yeah. So don't yeah. be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: could divorce you in two to three years when he really gets to know you as a real person. Yeah. I was, Kurt and I went to our friend Kristen's wedding at the Stanley Hotel <gasps> in Estes Park, a mm-hmm. very haunted Iconic. Hotel where Stephen King and his wife Tabitha stayed, and he got so freaked out because they were closing up for the winter that he wrote The Shining later about that hotel. And, you know, the whole time we're there, we're just goofing off. Like Kurt and I were having fun. All our friends from New York and LA are there. It's a great time. But I was staying next to uh, the famous room. And then we ended up moving to another wing. But there are ghost tours happening in the lobby every couple hours, the entire <laughs> time you're there. And I didn't see anything. And I met Kurt. Did I talk about this on the pod before? I can't remember.
0: This sounds so. like I something either. I want you to talk about on my pod. Oh, we will. I could save it. I could tease but it. But also, to hear the rest to, of the I'll story, tune in. T- yeah. Tease
2: it, and then I look down, covered in blood. <gasps> For the rest of the story, we're going to have to listen to us on Ghosted. The blood part may or may not be true. We'll have to find out later.
0: Did you ride a little tricycle through the hallway? Is that how you got to your room?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I, so I grew up in Maryland, in Baltimore County, Maryland. And their uh, Black Aggie, which is like a very famous sort of ghost gravestone thing there, was always a part of my life growing up. But where I grew up, there was this story about upper melinda which i'm actually turning into something now like a tv thing now and that was so like growing up there were two major ghost stories in my hometown and then when the blair witch project came out we it showed in the charles theater First, like it showed in Baltimore before anywhere else in the country, and so we all thought that that was real. We like oh, I was yeah. sixteen, wow. and uh, my friend Jen ran out of the theater and called her dad, who was a lawyer, and it was like, "Kids are missing in Burkittsville. We have to like." <gasps> alert your powerful friends.
0: Whoa. Oh my god, That's crazy. I, I remember when that came out. I had like a babysitter who was a teenager and she was like, I saw it and it was real and and I couldn't sleep and my uh, you know, my male friends, they were all hugging each other at, at nighttime. They couldn't sleep alone. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like <laughs> I remember more. House.
2: We know where that house is. It was out in uh, my friend lived off of this road called Liberty Road. And he's like, no, that house is near here. And you're like, bullshit. And then a bunch of dudes, when we were all seniors, we walked out in the woods with probably one flashlight. And we found the house, the real house, and there were still handprints on the walls from, from the, like, the art department, making it scary of all the kids that were trapped in the house. Fun. And all these tough guys, all the guys in my high school that just loved getting in fist fights, <laughs> all the guys that just couldn't wait to beat up the rival schools, wouldn't even step foot on the porch. So I was like, you know, young and arrogant and trying to make a name for myself as a 16-year-old or whatever. So I go up on the porch and I go up to the door and I was so terrified. Like I could feel the hair standing up on my neck and my arms. My, I was like f- fucking scared. And they were like, go in, Scotty. And I, my first thought was, I'm going to walk in. And there's going to be like a redneck family in here that grabs me and beats me up and kills me. And like I went up to the door and I was the only one that would even go up there because we all really were like, this is the place. Prepare yeah. To die. I mean, that's a and, horror uh,
0: movies. It's just like with the Ouija so board. It's like people, people see these things in horror movies and they think that they really have that power. And I don't yeah. know. Some people theorize that, that it can actually give the power just right. thinking sure. that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
2: I'm excited to be on Ghosted, right? Yeah, it's, it's going to be really her, we're pumped fun. on this, yeah. Oh,
0: I can't wait. Ever since the I'm movie pumped. Ma came out, I mean, I can't even buy booze for, you know, teenagers. Cause <laughs> teenagers. Because kid, <laughs> kids to see the them. movie and they think that I'm going to kill them. They know.
2: <laughs> I am so appreciative that you like that movie. It means the world to me because I that one just sticks around and I get sent the memes all the time and I'm like, I love so that Sue Ann sticks around. <laughs> so
1: I remember you. trying to get people to buy a case of beer for me in high school and no one sure. would do it. I just can't like standing imagine around. doing that.
0: As an adult, because like, yeah, when I was younger, like people, w- I cannot imagine being an adult now do never stay away from me anybody <laughs> young i'm just scared of teenagers now, yeah. to be honest no i'm, terri- like, me, I'm terrified of teenagers that's yeah. absolutely true yeah, yeah. <laughs> scariest <laughs> people in the world are teenagers
2: I, you see five teenagers walking down the street yep. you cross the street yeah. i
0: used to live right next to john marshall high and and um and mm-hmm. Feliz, and i would always like hear the kids like on their skateboards or whatever and like if I, I would go out there sometimes like uh you know, because I used to be a drag queen, and I would like be in drag, like going to work, and I would see the kids, and like sometimes they'd be Love like, it. "Is that your girlfriend, Tommy, or whatever?" And I'd be like, "Oh, you guys are mean! Like I'm scared <laughs> <staring> of <at> you." <laughs> They're absolutely hard. They are. It. Uh, well, well, and they're all so much smarter than now than us, like, just period, as adults. Like, they all know so much more. They, ha- they have so much more exposure. They're so much more worldly, and yeah, they care about things that none of us cared yes. about. Like, they're <laughs> actually they're amazing.
2: They're the oh, I yeah. I think they're gonna save the world. I, I hope really
0: so. It would always terrify me, especially in New York
1: City on the subway, when a gaggle of teenagers would get on the subway and just be like, everybody heads down. Heads down, don't make eye contact. They're wild. Mm-hmm. They're wild. They're wild. Mm
2: -hmm. Nice kids. Um, Eating little Cheez-Its, just eating little bags of Cheez-Its. All the time. Black (laughs) jackets, tight jeans. It was a great look. It was a better time. Um, Speaking
1: of Subway, here's a segue. (laughs) All right. New record set for fastest trip through entirety of the New York City Subway. Um, This was sent in. I'm so sorry that I've forgotten who sent this in. I've had it in my tabs for so long. Been meaning to do this one. Um, So I apologize, but it has erased your name. Gothamist. If this was in Gothamist, this is written by uh, a lot of people calling the BITB. The Stephen Nesson. Thank you, Stephen. Mm. This Mm, was from mm, May mm. 18th, 2023. New York City subway has 472 stations laid out across 665 miles of track. Wow. Wow. For decades, transit enthusiasts have jockeyed to set the record for the fastest time to travel through the whole system. Last month, Kate Jones, a New Yorker now living in Switzerland, set a new standard. She completed the hour in what's everybody's
2: guess? She went. She rode to every single stop, all four hundred seventy-two. Yeah, over six hundred sixty-five miles. How oh long does that God, take? Um, uh. man, that must take a whole. A day. It must take a whole day. I'm going to say two days. Okay. Y'all say 30 hours.
1: 22 hours, 14 minutes, and 10 seconds. Her time was certified last week by Guinness World Records. I have no idea how. Um, I wanted a problem to solve that would be interesting for my brain, but also like something that would get me physically moving, Jones43 said over the phone. She said she spent months figuring out how to hit every station with the fewest repetitions and with the fastest transfers, all while trying to avoid delays. Her time was slightly longer than that of the previous record holder, Matthew Ahn, who in 2016 completed the so-called Subway Challenge in 21 right. hours, 28 minutes, and 14 seconds, but that was before the MTA opened three new Second Avenue subway stations on the Upper oh, East Side. Okay. Joan's okay. record-setting run wasn't her first attempt. She tried the challenge in 2014 and again a year later. But after breaking her ankle while rock climbing last August, Jones said she wanted to give it another go. As April drew near, Jones still had two rods, two plates, and ten screws in her ankle, but said the race was her motivation to run again. Quote, I I had lost the instinct to run. You know the way uh, a stoplight changes and you want to run across an intersection? Yep. What?
2: (laughs) I know that. I'm thinking about it all the time.
0: (laughs) <laughs> wait
2: what? I, a
1: wait what? A dangerous you guy. Know?
0: So I get it.
1: You know how when a stoplight changes, you want to sprint
0: across the street. Oh, like when it turns green?
1: That's I have no idea. I've do, I do not share either. this feeling that she has. Nope. I never, especially
0: does. in LA, you don't do that. You have to wait a minute because no. people yeah. are running through that red. Um, she said yes.
1: when there's a train on the platform, the doors are closing. You have to run down the stairs and dive onto that. Yes, train. that is true. Jones returned to New York last month for the challenge and her first two attempts didn't work out. She said her third attempt was promising, but during her 20th hour, she made a blunder when she accidentally got on a train in the wrong direction Oof. due to late night track work. There was no way she'd be able to make it up at a reasonable amount of time. She wow. said she was ready to pick it, pack it up after that. But a friend encouraged her to try one very last time. She waited until the following Monday to try again. The transfers mm-hmm. worked out. The sprints paid off. She didn't even use Omni. She paid with a Metro card. I nailed every swipe. So still a New Yorker, she said. She set the record on <laughs> April seventeenth. Celebrated with dumplings in Flushing, Queens, and took a plane to Switzerland. Fourteen hours later. True life. <laughs> wow. But before the ink on her record certificate had dried, a new challenger had entered the ring. Whoa! Okay. This is I had not did not anticipate this level of uh, competition. Big plot twist. Queens resident Daniel Wells, twenty nine, attempted to beat her time on Wednesday. Wells began his journey at one a.m. at the Far Rockaway Mott Avenue terminal on the A line. Mm-hmm. Very familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. The same place Jones began hers, and like Jones, he planned to finish his route at the end of the seven line in Flushing. Uh, blah blah, 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 blah. Right. He didn't do it. Is that a train?
2: Oh. He must not have done it if she's the no.
1: record holder. Later, Wells tried to sprint from the Ozone Park Lefferts Boulevard Station to catch an A train at the Rockway Boulevard Station, located nearly a mile away, thinking he would shave 20 minutes off his time, which I understand why he's doing this. Yes. But the rush didn't upsa- end up saving him his time. And after seven hours, Wells had traveled up to the Bronx, back down to lower Manhattan, back to the Bronx through Midtown. By that point, he was slumped on the floor of a four-train car, leaning against a pole while taking deep breaths and careful sips from a small pole in spring bottle which is the only water he brought he'd That's only smart. hit about a quarter of the subway system at that point he ended up completing the run in 23 hours 27 minutes and nine oh, seconds so he's a
2: huge loser
1: lagging jones record by more than an hour he said i'm not going to try it more than once he doesn't have enough vacation hours saved up for multiple events <laughs> um, wow. and then this, this article just keeps
2: going on but uh joan remains the queen have it.
0: Yeah, one. let her have it. She
2: worked hard. She get it, and then you try right away. Like, let it soak in a little bit. Let the press cover it before you try to break the record. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't like him. I don't know him, but <laughs> I just feel like he was like, no, I want to beat Not one that. of us.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't even have it's it for a to. moment, Joan.
0: Like, it kind of feels like a villain thing that like it, he like kind of messed up a little bit. Like, you know, it's yeah. very yeah. that character like gets there. I don't know. Somebody throws marbles and he slips on them when as he's running through the subway. Or. That would that was always that.
1: There was a stop on the A train where, uh, if you're going to Rockaway, where I used to have a a bungalow with some surfers, 91st Street. There's a stop in the middle. It's called Broad Channel, and it's in the middle of a of a peninsula in the middle of Jamaica Bay. And Uh so you're surrounded really by just nature. If you like peek your head around either side, you're in the middle of a giant bay and there's just like birds and wildlife around you. And the train would, and you could always see the S train, the shuttle train that you needed to take. So you would, and I would always go out late at night and then sleep there and then wake up and surf in the morning. And so it would always be like one in the morning getting off there and it would be freezing cold and you're just the elements. You're just so exposed. There's nowhere to get warm, and then you would just watch that S train just sit there for sometimes, usually like twenty five minutes before it would just turn its lights on and slowly roll up and take you the one the stop to Ninety First Street. It wow! Was, it would like it would it would hurt
2: so much. And I always heard that there was a subway dug, built, ready to rumble between Grand Central Station and LaGuardia Airport that would get you there oh my in God. like 10 minutes, but that the taxi commission was so powerful, they paid like local politicians to never open it, but that there was plans for basically you could go to Grand Central Station and just get right to uh, the airport, and they just were like, no, Like taxi people were too powerful and paid too much money to shut it down. That's what
1: happened in L.A., they they had a su- they have a subway that stops one mile from the airport, and it was because oh. of the taxi com- the taxi whatever companies like just like paid an enormous amount of money to make sure that the the train stopped one mile from LAX, and so you have to take mm. a taxi that final mile, which and is like they, this is why this city is
2: the way it is. Mm. Mm. Terrible! I hate to hear it. I had a buddy when I was living in Brooklyn. Roz, did you ever live in New York? No, I honestly,
0: I try to avoid New York as much as I can. I'm just like too chill. I'm like, I'm very like, <laughs> I can't, I don't like hustle and bustle. I, every time I go to New York, I love it. But sure, I, best place to be. Oh, and I, oh, I love it in a documentary. I love it in a movie. Oh, when it's I a character unto it. itself. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't, I, I, to get me there, it takes a lot.
2: Actually, one time Kurt and I were hanging out in Prospect Park and they were building this new glass condo that was just such an eyesore. just stuck out. like It was all beautiful old New York buildings near Flatbush. And I was like, that building's fucking terrible. Can you believe they're doing that? Kurt's like, hey, man, that's what New York does. It just keeps changing and evolving. You just got to get used to it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Now I just feel so dumb and you're absolutely right. And that's the whole thing with that city is it just digests itself and grows constantly, constantly. But I had a buddy, my roommate, uh, and he, his then-girlfriend, now-wife, moved in with us, and the three of us were living together. It was a really fun time. But one night, she was like, it's going to be a girls' night. I'm going out with some girls from work, so you nerds can do whatever you want. So we went out and had a good time. We get back. And she had done the famous thing that Kurt and I have done a million times on the subway where we had a few too many, and you get on that subway line back home and you get a little bit comfortable, and then you fall asleep and miss your subway stop by sometimes 25 stops.
1: <laughs>
2: oh my God. So uh, we, you know, New York apartments aren't that big. So I hear the phone ring at like, or his phone ring at like 3 or 4 a.m., and he's like, uh huh, what? Where are you? Where? What? Where are you? And then I get up because I'm a little concerned. She's my friend, too. And he comes out, and we're standing there. I'm like, where is she? And he goes, she just yelled at me, I don't know where I am. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what so a nightmare. To be like, well, what signs are around you? And she had gotten on a yellow line. Where we lived on the orange line, and nothing connects to the yellow line unless you're like in. She went in the furthest direction, oh worst train. God. So he had to get in his car. Thank God he had a car and go get her at like 4 a.m. But it's so funny to get off a subway and be like, well. I don't know where the fuck I am. That's this is terror. impossible.
0: I had Pretty one scary. time this is not at all the same but it's kind of an LA equivalent. One time I had to get a rental car and then I went to the Westfield Century City Mall in in Century City, which has the biggest parking structure ever. Insane. And I forgot what my car looked like that I rented. <laughs> wow.
1: Oh my God. Oh.
0: And I forgot where I parked. I just like got oh. out of my car Ross. and went into the mall. And I came back and I was like, I don't know what my car looks like. It didn't have a little beep thing <gasps> on the keychain. And I oh. spent six hours trying six to hours? find my car. How did you
1: find it eventually?
0: Well, I had called a friend to come pick me up and we drove around the entire thing. And I literally just, I don't even remember. This was like over 10 years ago, but. That oh was my God! Oh, my
2: God. But that is so real. And it's two small mistakes, right? It's yeah. The only mistake is you didn't really pay attention <laughs> what floor you were on. And then also, you didn't just go, like, it is a white Honda Civic. Like, that is so easily done. Man, when that's whenever I like park a now. horror movie. I, have I just take pro- a photo.
0: Well, yeah, I do that. I certainly learned my lesson. But I, I have, like... A, some kind of disease where I can't remember what cars look like. Like I don't, my brain does not digest cars. Like I don't, I it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So that's how I get into messes yeah, like I that. I learned
2: cause I was a big partier in my twenties that whenever I was in a new city and had either a rental car hotel room and thank God for smartphones, I take a picture of my car. I take a picture of my hotel door with the number on it. And so like when I eventually am browning out, I look at it. I'm like, I'm on the 16th floor. Oh, <laughs> two. Got it. And then, but I've done that for years because of what you're saying. I've gotten into hotels after like weddings and been like, is this the right hotel? What floor am I supposed to be going yeah. to? It's a crazy feeling. And then when you go to the front desk and you're like, Hey, I lost my key. And you give me your
0: ID. And they're like,
2: you're in the wrong hotel, man. Like you you're not in this Hilton. Is there another Hilton in town? Cuz I'm pretty sure it was a Hilton. No, there isn't. I <laughs>
0: lock myself out all the time. And yeah. I have a landlord that lives on property that I've had to call so many times and it it's always because I'm wearing some kind of crazy outfit for like a Halloween party or mm-hmm. like whatever it is, and I didn't bring like a purse or my normal stuff, and so I fr- I just don't bring my key, or or it's always because someone's coming to pick me up, like a lift or whatever, and it's because I'm sure. I'm going to something where there's not good parking, and so then I, as soon as I leave, I remember that I didn't bring my key, then I have to call my landlord, and then I'm over here in like some a uh, fucking tutu with a head you know dress <laughs> like I don't headpiece. You you know, um, and yeah, it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> if you
2: make a copy of your key, your house key, and you get one of those magnetic little key holder things, you can walk and put it underneath the closest blue mailbox, like the public mailbox thing. I used to do that in Brooklyn. That was always because I would leave my key. But you basically hide your hide-a-key so far away from your apartment nobody could ever figure out which one was yours. Right. But you can always go to that mailbox and reach underneath and get your spare, and go
0: in. Just, just a friendly tip. <sighs> Thank you. I figured something else out, which I won't tell these people listening, just in case. Yeah, these <laughs> freaks. Yeah but that's good um, i have
2: one, Here's send us one for us home send
0: us home scotty and this one's a fun one because
2: it's a little a little Roz ghosted adjacent but also kind of a call to our listeners to go out and go to this place and send us some pics this is from emily louise glazer galar new uh, emily louise glazer Gallar new that's, that's four a names good I Name love it i hope you don't have to ever sign checks uh, this was on CNN, written by the best in the beeswax, Jeff Bantock. He is damn good. Mm-hmm. JB. This Illinois funeral home has a miniature golf course underneath. What? I mean, fantastic. Underneath?
0: I love, mini love golf. miniature golf. People love miniature <laughs> golf. I do. I Everybody love it does. so much. I go with my friend all the time, and we like to really? act like... Because we don't know anything about real golf, so we're always yeah, just no. like, "You wanna hit a couple of holes?" Like we try to make it sound like... <laughs> holy yeah, birds. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go out to the green or whatever, and it's literally just like us and a bunch of children. There's a What's place in Sherman Oaks. It's great, Sherman Oaks Castle. Oh so my good. god! The like. Scenic design of this place is gorgeous. I think there's oh. there's three courses. They have mm-hmm. like a Bates Motel. They have they have literally like everything you can imagine. It's great.
2: Oh, I want go. to go. You have to purple turf on some. Yeah, the LA purple the turf Hollywood art department got out there and made that one extra special. Seriously. Right. Um. Uh, so, people love miniature golf. Every year, millions of people across the globe putt their way around an endless array of obstacles in the pursuit of bragging rights. Few players, however, would describe it as a sport to die for. Oh, Good writing, Jeff Bantock. Thank you, Jeff. Yet, at one unique venue in Illinois, death is par for the course. Here it is. And Jeff is he hitting it, it out of the graveyard. a hole in Welcome. one. Welcome, Hole in one. (laughs) Welcome to Algram Acres, a macabre mini golf experience buried underneath a operational funeral home. In 1964, Roger Algram strolled into the Algram Family Funeral Service's newly constructed building located in the leafy village of Palatine. P-A-L-A, Tine. Peloton. Uh, Peloton. (laughs) Hey, get one for yourself. Uh, I've always wanted... You know,
1: there's been a... (laughs) I can't believe I'm about to do this joke. <laughs> the palatine uh border has been under a lot of... <laughs> okay. Okay. He went for it. He went for it. I can't even it. do it. It's such a <laughs> dumb joke.
2: There's just palatine. no S's.
1: <laughs> the Palatine-Iraeli border.
2: Yeah. Controversial <laughs> hotspot. Um, he went... Um, it's a suburb of Chicago. Uh, he, as he explored his new building, he discovered a vast basement, some 20 feet below ground, with no windows. It could serve little purpose for a funeral business, but Algram soon found a use for the room. Algram and his sole employee mapped out and built a fully-fledged nine-hole miniature golf course designed to serve his children and the local neighborhood. Within a decade, it had become a major part of the, quote, community room, end quote, which included a full-size shuffleboard court, a ping-pong table. This is under a funeral home, mind you. A bumper pull table, classic. And a foosball table hand-built when Algrim was a teenager. Today, hey. so this is still fully operational. So again, bananas. if you live in the Palatine area and you can go golfing here, please send us some photos because um, the course, which is free to play, Free of charge to play and has continuously uh, been developed over its 59-year history, leans into its unique setting. Macabre-themed and eerily lit in the absence of natural light, the ghoulish features begin from the outset. Nestled in the sand trap of the first hole is Roger Algram's very own sculpting skull from his mortuary school. So when he learned how to form facial features, he built this skull and you can now putt under it on the first hole. (laughs) There are uh there's a moving guillotine. There Whoa. are life-size grim reapers, there is a water trap with a miniature mausoleum, there are tiny gravestones that players must avoid. I mean, this sounds pretty fucking great to me. Yeah. Sounds really fun. Um, bup, 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 bup. so yeah, that's it. We'll we'll wrap it up tight. But yeah, bananimals, if you guys go to Algram's Acres, it's called A-H-L-G-R-I-M. Acres, uh, and go for a golf. Go for it. It was golf. in Ripley's, believe it or not, in 2011, and a so you know it's real. Um, <laughs> and send us some merch, they have merch from t shirts and badges to uh ball shaped urns, so you know we're having fun. Fair way fun. to heaven. I want to have my funeral
0: there. there. That sounds me super too. Fun. I want me, I want to become one of the holes <laughs> of the. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I just want to be there with my mouth open, as a yes. dead body, and you have to. All of my friends and family have to try to hit the ball in. That's everyone's right. like, You're crying, the last hole. Just like yes, but everyone's
1: still trying. This to get was it. her wish. <laughs> Roz would have loved. Thank this. you so much, Roz, for being on bananas. Uh, plug away, plug away. Tell us where everyone can find you.
0: Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well. My podcast, Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, is now going to be on Exactly Right, which is so exciting to me. And basically, I talk to people. I talk to interesting people, funny people, famous people, anybody, listeners, anybody that's got good – Inside on the paranormal. We have a good time. We like to talk yeah. about ghosts, psychics, poltergeists, Bigfoots, UFOs, all that kind of stuff. It's scary, but it's also fun and funny. It's ultimately a comedy podcast. And yes. I've done it for four years, but now I am relaunching the show on Exactly Right. So please go follow the show. And yes. um, I've got my first guest, Georgia Hardstark. I've recorded with uh, Busy Phillips is coming up. Um, you know, there's so many great, 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 great guests. And the two of you are going to come do it. And I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait to hear We're how that soon. Stanley Hotel story mm. ends. So oh. yeah, check it out. Blood everywhere. And then I'm also on Instagram. I'm a stand-up. So like you can find clips and whatever dates on uh, Instagram at Roz Hernandez. Beautiful. Roz, you. you are a wonderful guest. Come back anytime. Oh, thank you. I'll be back next week. Well, have you? <laughs> Curdy uh, B. Bananas.
2: Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our
1: full human, not a robot, intern.
2: Bananas. bananas.
1: Bananimals follow bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And if you love what you hear feel free to rate and review our little show.
1: And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.